0: All right, everybody. It is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. But before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to Crypto101insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have uh, Crypto 101 University. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy to understand way. Uh, And we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to crypto101insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, It took 11 months of our lives to write And one more quick message for all of you before we begin. Uh, Today's podcast is also part of our 2021 Digital Currency Summit, and that's happening this week, July 13th through the 15th. So for more information on that, uh, go to digitalcurrenciesummit.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, We've got another fantastic interview uh, scheduled for you guys. And this this man, this one's just got me so jazzed up because we're gonna be talking to Robin Ebers uh, from Polka Starter, who's a market analyst. And this is one of the premier launch pads for IDOs, right? The uh, initial decentralized offerings. uh, and, And it's really got an awesome, awesome team behind it. But before we introduce Robin today, uh, my notorious compadre, Mr. Pizza Mind, uh touch and base from Texas. Uh, how are we doing, buddy?
1: I'm honestly very overwhelmed. If it's not the weather and the tornadoes, is there's something new in crypto that I have to learn about? Again, like I just figured out IEOs and ICOs, and now there's more acronyms coming out in the world. I'm very overwhelmed, so I'm hoping we can get uh, some light shed on this new circumstance and uh, Perhaps the 101. <laughs> yeah, we need the 101 on IDOs, launch pads, why crypto's involved. So we got the perfect guy here. Let's
2: bring him on. Robin, welcome to Crypto 101. Thank you very much, guys. Pleasure for, you know, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah,
0: we are. Uh, we're really pleased, man. In the, you know, the Digital Currency Summit, It's it's been a really, really fantastic event so far. And we're excited uh, to, to be speaking with you. So before we really dive in uh, to Polka Starter and the Polkadot Network, uh, let's get a uh, let's a, get a quick sync up here with you, Robin. How did you find yourself in the cryptocurrency space, and what were you doing before? That is a really long story. <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> well let's, do the, let's do that. Let's do the
0: two minute version and round it off sure. with kind of what led you into crypto.
2: Sure. Uh, So I used to be a web developer myself for for many, many years. Um, And at some point, I realized that there's a decentralized currency system out there, right? And in the beginning, you know, everybody goes into crypto almost for the same reason, which is like, wow, this is going up all the time, right? Better buy some stuff. Uh, So that's how I got started uh, sometime in 2013. I bought some Bitcoin. And some really dodgy exchange back then, and <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's that's how I got into it, right? Um, and uh, since then, it's really the technology that uh, that has kept me there. I mean, you know, the the only up memes, you know, don't hurt, but it's uh, yeah, generally, you know, what what can happen, uh, how the industry can develop, and yeah, it's it's just very exciting, very exciting industry to be in.
0: And yeah, you're, definitely. you're a market analyst, right? So so what does yes. that really entail? And um, tell us a little bit about like how you kind of
2: view the markets. Sure. So that is a very misleading title that I have to talk about very often. Uh, so at that we have uh, three market analysts, and they do a variety of things, right? So they uh, they do all the due diligence on the projects that would like to raise funds through Um, They also keep a very, uh, a very good grip on the market. Right? What are market trends? What's currently happening? You know, maybe, maybe there was something negative that that might affect our future uh, fundraising pro- project. Maybe, um, maybe there's like a new trend, like you know NFTs a few months ago, right? Um, and then yeah, these market analysts do do all of this work, right? Uh, so currently we're three. And then we also help all the projects that do raise funds on Parker Starter um, through the entire process, right? So there's a lot of, a lot of things that have to happen before, um, before the actual uh, to, like IDO participants can actually participate. right? So there's a lot of marketing and a lot of, uh, a lot of planning, content scheduling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of this is being supported by the Parker Starter market analysts as well.
0: Okay so so let's backtrack here because I think a lot of people are are probably like wait what what's going on right so what is Polka starter right like what are people doing with this platform that kind of before crypto was never before possible
2: yes so that is something that we're very excited about right so uh, Polkasada is is a decentralized fundraising platform, right? And then, yeah, what what does that mean, right? So um, Polkasada has an infrastructure where projects in a decentralized way, without the need of any uh, of any VCs or any any banks or anything in that you know regard in the traditional financing world, can so the raise funds. Ability for anybody
0: to kind of have like a company started up, get fundraising money, not from just a bank but from like anybody in the world and then anybody in the world also being able to have the opportunity to invest in, in these innovative projects. Is that kind of what I'm hearing?
2: Yes. And get in early as well,
0: which
1: is a big deal. Yeah, that is definitely a deal. And it's been something that uh, we've been wanting for forever is financial inclusion. So what makes one launch pad different from another, uh, let's say, as opposed to Kickstarter, I think that's the most popular mm-hmm. launch pad people know or, um, GoFundMe, for example. Yeah, you know, what makes Pokestarter one. different from, from those platforms?
2: Sure. Uh, so primarily, if I would have to choose you know, one word, it would be decentralization, right? So Kickstarter, GoFundMe, they're all companies that do a lot of good, right? I mean, I've, I've been involved in Kickstarters for a few years. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not that good, right? But um, they are a very centralized way of raising funds, right? So how that usually works is that the actual platform, in that case uh, Kickstarter, raises the funds and then uh, pays it out to the project that would like to raise funds, right? So there's a lot of regulation involved and you know a lot of paperwork that needs to be done. And on uh, if you do if you do this in a more decentralized fashion like Polka does, then what happens is that we use the technology. Um, that we currently have. So that might be Ethereum, that might be Binance Smart Chain, or now recently that's Polygon, and in the future Polkadot, Kusama, et cetera. And we use uh, smart contracts, right? So intelligent blockchains to write code that facilitates all of this, right? So instead of having funds go through the banking system and go through like a big company that is sitting somewhere in the world, it goes into smart contracts directly, right? So people on the blockchain can go to our website and then participate directly directly on the blockchain without signing up anywhere, without doing anything, right? Yeah, that, that is really <laughs> the main. Yeah, that's, the and main and, and so. kind
0: of just to dive into that specific aspect of being able to do it directly on the blockchain without having to sign up for a Kickstarter account, without having to sign up for like, you know, something attached to your email address. Let's kind of unpack the significance of of what's going on there
2: sure i mean like like when you think about it right it has a lot to do with data which is becoming luckily a bigger a bigger like um a bit of big bigger priority for people right
0: everybody has
2: privacy exactly right so you don't actually have to be associated with these transactions, right? I mean, this might change in the future, or it might even get better, right? Maybe there will be some privacy-focused blockchains that allow fundraising as well, right? But for now, what all that has to happen is that you are on our website, and you need to you need to have gone through a pre-registration process. But that is very different. So you're not setting up an account or anything, uh, and it's more like are applying with the project and saying okay this is me i would like to invest in your project and then the project can um, can whitelist you that's 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 what the process is called right and uh, then if if you are in fact chosen to be uh, to be participating in this ido then all you need to do is have a if has, have a browser extension right like metamask where you can have your own full control over the funds like ethereum for example and then participate in the pools that you were whitelisted for without any account creation or any data that is being exposed to to us as Pol- at Polkestata, for example, right? And we think that is that is very that is the way forward as it should be.
1: Very interesting. I want to backtrack to something you mentioned earlier: as your job as a market analyst, and that's doing due diligence. And we see that thrown all over the place. Do your own research. Do your own due diligence. Whenever people are asking questions, but what does that really mean? If you're doing due diligence into a project, can you walk us as close to step by step into what you're looking at, or some red flags that you're seeing that immediately say, "Nope, this isn't going to work," or green flags that catch your attention? Sure, that's a uh, great let's question. That,
2: yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean that's that's my my daily my daily right. So I. I love talking about this because I hope that you know at least some of your uh, listeners or viewers will actually take take this into consideration the next time they're going into some uh, into some currencies and there's a lot of them right now, right? There's, I think, we've never seen as many new users into crypto as we've seen right now, right? So with that in mind, a couple of things. So we are always a bit careful with what we are what we are saying exactly right because if we if we give too much of our process away then project might uh, projects might try to game this and like go through our due diligence knowing what we're looking for right but of course in a in a more generalized uh, manner a couple of things that you know are huge red flags would be if um, if the history of a project, for example, isn't quite there, right? So let's say, you, uh, let's say you find a project and you like it, and then you look into, okay, when was it launched, right? Um, and what's the valuation? That is a big one, right? People, I think <laughs> if I would give one, one tip to anybody, right, that is new into crypto, uh, it would be misunderstanding the value per single unit and the meaning of market capitalization. Right, that is something that comes up again and again, where people understand, uh, where people do not understand that something that is worth, you know, like five cents per token might have a bigger total value than something that is uh, one thousand or even fifty thousand dollars per token or something like that. Right. So at Project Starter, right, what we do is we look at these type of things. Right, we look at how much is a project. Valued in total, right? Um, not not per token, or you know, it's really yeah. Like what what is the total valuation of a project? Uh, what type of investors are involved, right? What do the founders really do? So, what's their experience? Where they, you know, where they're like at Microsoft or at Uber before, some like big tech company that would that would make it more reasonable for them to make the jump to crypto, right? Or did they do something completely different before, right? Did they uh, previously clean pools, and now suddenly they want to generate a token that uh, you know does governance for uh, some platform? Yeah, making sure right. the
0: story kind of fits.
2: Yeah, exactly, right. So it's very, it starts very simple, right? And then if there is any material of these founders online, right, like maybe they have some interviews, maybe they have some AMAs try to get a feeling for what they are all about. That's a big one as well for PokerStata, right? People underestimate how much you can learn by just looking at people, right? And listening to what they say, right? For us, uh, this happens pretty quickly. We have a screening process. That's the first call where we very quickly understand if people are actually passionate about what they are doing or what they're trying to do, right? or if they say things like, yeah, we need to move quick. The market is going down. We need to raise some funds, right? There are like a lot of things that you can take away from just listening to people, right? Um, and then on top of that, of course, there are things like, um, are all the tokens that are uh, that are in existence, are they already in circulation? That is also a big one, right? Sometimes the, the uh, tokens that are currently in circulation only represent... 5% or 3% or so of all the tokens that could be, which means that time as more tokens get released into circulation, the tokens that you own get, you know, become worth less and less theoretically, right? There's so, like inflation. Uh, yeah, basically, exactly. So uh, a lot of tokens, let's say, you know, there's a new project and it might try to, because that's, that's trendy right now, to have very um, low market capitalization coins, right, where, they might, they might be valued at like you know like a hundred million in total, but at the beginning when they start trading, they try to stay under one million. But then over one year, suddenly you know there's a hundred percent more tokens in circulation, and uh, the tokens that you own get extremely inflated, right? So these are, these are things that I would look out to. Um, and then of course the biggest one I would say is uh, fundamentals, right? Like. Do not believe in people saying on YouTube or something, hey, this is the next big thing, right? Because, you know, they get usually paid to say that, right? Instead, you know, like try to avoid things like uh, like those meme tokens. We get a lot of meme tokens right now that apply at PokerStarter, but we would, we would never help them raise funds because they usually have some silly mechanics, right? Like um, that you get some percentage of, uh, Of from every transaction that the token does, right, or that when somebody sells the tokens, that you know part of these tokens that are sold are being redistributed to like other people that still hold the token and things like that. We don't really believe in these type of tokens, right? So when you when you like when you see something like Shiba or or even Doge, however Doge is a bit you know a bit more complicated than that, but yeah, when you see like SafeMoon and Shiba Inu, etc., then. Uh, and then, and then you compare them with uh, something, you know, like Chainlink or, you know, I don't know, like any of the other like bigger, bigger tokens. Then you will like quickly see the difference between, you know, there are some actually built some meaningful, and there are some people that created a token that doesn't really do all that much, mm-hmm. right? Just because they wanted to. So fundamentals are really big as well.
0: You know, I actually like since we have like a, an expert on. What's good and what's not good. I actually want to dive into like some of those scam coins that you just mentioned um, because I don't really actually even understand how they suckered in so many people across the world into you know these really really bad schemes, namely Safe Moon, right? And and this is one that I saw all over social media. In fact, I had a friend that worked at an investment bank. Um, and, and she texted me and she was like, Hey, like, uh, have you heard of safe moon? Is this legit? I was like, what in God's name? Like you, uh, you of all people can't see through this, but, but, but what was it? What was going on with this one in particular?
2: Yeah. So safe moon is a, is a big one, right? So what these type of coins usually do is oh, the, the only thing that they really have is a community, right? So, they have a lot of uh, people that support them early
0: how do Partly, they get these communities it doesn't make sense to me
2: well it's 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 incentives right so partially there are there are good reasons for example right like let's say safe moon they are okay so in one word they are they are ponzis right that's what they are so if you get in early and you believe that this is a ponzi that can work and gather momentum then it is beneficial for you you have a huge incentive to get in early, right? So, in the case, for example, of Safe Moon, right? So, the, the promise that Safe Moon has is what I've just said earlier, right? So, that you get rewarded for holding Safe Moon, while everybody that sells Safe Moon will, in fact, be um, punished, right? So, they will only be able to, I don't know the exact percentages, but they might be able to sell like 95 or 90% or something like that. And the remaining percentages are being distributed to people that still hold safe moon. So if you got in early and you got a whole lot of safe moon, that means that proportionally the bigger Safe Moon grows, uh, the more money you make, right? And that is a bit silly. There's no real utility, that's all it does. And then you have those founders, founders, quote unquote, right? Um, talk, you know, on like Twitch and they like they buy suits and they you know try to make themselves look like super serious. And then you have people like uh, like your body calling you <laughs> from an investment yeah. bank, asking if that is uh, if that is legit, right? So, it is it is quite sad uh, to me personally. It's it's not only it's not only Safemoon. I mean, Safemoon recently, I don't know where they are now, but I think at the peak they were valued at a total of five point four billion dollars, something like that, something absolutely insane. And that, of course, is because the, the same people that get, you know, like uh, bamboozled into buying SafeMoon uh, are the same type of people that don't understand market capitalization, right? So they just see that one SafeMoon is worth 0.000000 whatever, $3 or something. And say, wow, that's so cheap, right? And of course, that is fully intentional, right? So uh, these, these type of meme coins, they, if you look at them, they all have like fractions of fractions of fractions of a cent. Uh, Per unit, and that is intentional, so that it looks extremely cheap. So they know exactly what they're doing. They're building Ponzi's, you know. That people—it's malicious. um, It's
0: gonna end bad. Those guys will probably be in jail or indicted, just like the BitConnect guys.
2: (laughs) You know, they just got indicted (laughs) by the
0: SEC. So,
2: yeah, took them long enough. So indeed, and still, you know, I don't think they—I don't think they found everybody of them, right? But yeah, it's like the the bottom line is I wouldn't—I wouldn't focus on actually. Um, on actually pursuing or, or charging those guys, and instead I think the, the key to to getting rid of these type of projects is education. right? So instead of like trying to shut all of them down, it is I think much more feasible to make people understand that those meme coins, whatever they might be called, are just not a, a reasonable investment device, right? So yeah. yeah, I think that's a better way better way
1: forward. So that's some great advice on how to stay safe and make better investments. If you're a founder and you want to start your own token, can you give people some advice on
2: how to craft good tokenomics? Yeah, that's a great question, right? Because there's a lot of underprivileged people uh, that could really benefit from really understanding this and um, learning how to sell not only themselves, but also what they're building, right? Because that means that, suddenly we would like tap into into people that do not have access to traditional venture capitalist firms or you know but they have cool ideas but they just don't have the money to do it because you know they have to support themselves or their families right so really what i can what i can say is if you are a founder right if you are a builder that would like to build something then Try to analyze the projects that do something similar, even remotely similar, right? Like, let's say you have a completely novel idea. There will still be parts of your projects that, um, that, you know.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus.
3: Overlay with others, right? So try to
2: analyze their tokenomics, right? So their token economics, people in crypto say tokenomics. Um, Analyze their tokenomics, understand what it is they do. And then I think it is better to copy something that works than to come up with something completely novel. Because then what usually happens or what often happens is that either the, uh, the tokenomics don't work, right? So people buy the token and then there just isn't enough demand, right? Or you know, maybe, maybe there aren't enough tokens for the things that you would like to do, right? So rather than coming up with something completely, completely different and new, unless you have like a really strong understanding, you know, and a, an economics background, maybe even I would say, look at projects that do parts of what you try to do successfully, and then ask yourself maybe why do those things work, right? So a big one, for example, is uh, governance, right? So there um, there are a lot of tokens that are only, their only purpose is uh, governing the protocol that made the token. Uh, there are many good examples for that. For example, Uniswap, right? So the uni token is purely a governance token. There's absolutely no purpose beyond governing the Uniswap platform. So This can work if you think that your project should be governed by what is called a decentralized autonomous organization, right? A DAO. So, if you think that you shouldn't be the one that fully controls everything, then you can give the right to such DAOs, right? And then create a token that gives you uh, the right to make decisions in this autonomous organization. So that's a pretty, you know, pretty trendy way right now to to create utility, but that only works if your platform has actually something to vote on and uh, and is something that people actually use, right? So, yeah, understanding currently working tokenomics I think is key to creating your own. Today,
0: many small business owners are busier than ever. Because they're focused on managing and growing their businesses, they can't always spend the time that they wish they could on recruiting. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find and hire the best candidates for free. In fact, I mean, here at Crypto 101, we used LinkedIn to hire our newest employee, Ryan. And funny enough, he actually, in turn, worked with the folks at LinkedIn to partner with us here on the podcast as a sponsor. So, so how about that? So you guys can go ahead and get started to post your first job for free and reach LinkedIn's network of 740 million professionals. Uh, You could fill out targeted screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified candidates with the experience, skills, and motivation you need. Then you could use simple tools to filter and prioritize the top candidates that you want to interview. LinkedIn Jobs will help you hire the right person for your role. And did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your first job for totally free at linkedin.com crypto. That's linkedin.com crypto to post your first job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Uniswap is one example, but there's also other examples like, you know, MakerDAO, which has, you know, $100 million of annualized cash flow. Yeah. Um, and you have, uh, you know, SushiSwap, which which also, you know, isn't just a governance token. They have, you know, cash flows attached to them. Yeah. Um, do you think that those are valid models as well? And w- w- would you mind, you know, kind of talking about your, your thoughts on, you know, De- DeFi token valuations and what's really important or
2: which you know, which metrics actually have weight? Sure, um, yeah, so that's a really complicated one, but to, to numb it down, I think um, there are a couple of really good ones, right? Um, for example, talking about DeFi, the first one that comes to mind is uh, PancakeSwap, which is of course the biggest uh, decentralized exchange on Binance Smart Chain, right? So they have a token, that is, uh, that's, I think, p- it's it's purely intended to yield farm, right? Uh, which is something very interesting. So if you hold Cake, then you can stake your Cake tokens on PancakeSwap in a variety of different pools, right? Um, and then earn tokens for it, right? So let's say... Uh, let's say a big project just uh, did a promotion with uh, PancakeSwap, right? And they also wanted to list it, uh, to list on PancakeSwap, and they wanted to create a lot of liquidity for, for PancakeSwap in their own pair. Then what PancakeSwap says is okay, you give us some of your tokens, and we provide these pools for you where people can very conveniently stake their cake tokens to farm all the other tokens that we are currently supporting right? And then in the process, pancake PancakeSwap uh, creates more and more cake, but the more and more cake you have, the more and more tokens you can farm. So this, whole, this is a very, very smoothly working DeFi token that has worked for quite a while, right? Even though there's no maximum supply of cake, right? They're just minting them as they go. And it still works because it's just, it grows bigger and bigger. And the more cake you have, the more you can farm, right? Uh, so that's a really good example for a good DeFi token. But then when it comes to, to for instance, revenue share, that is a different piece because uh, you are then entering um, entering some like regulatory issues. So if you are truly a fully decentralized organization, like a DAO, like I mentioned earlier, right? Then you can do something like that because nobody uh, can come after you personally for creating what, in most jurisdiction in this world would be considered a security, like a share in a company, right? So these are very possible and there are a bunch of examples that do this really well, uh, but usually projects try to avoid this for those regulatory issues, right? Particularly in the US, it's if you're if you have a security token and you're unregulated, then yeah, I mean, XRP, Ripple is a great example of that right now, right? So then the US might try to make an example out of you. And for that reason, and to, to circumvent all the regulatory uh, issues that come with creating a revenue share token, which would be considered a security, people don't usually do it, but it is possible.
1: Interesting. So speaking of uh, Binance Smart Chain, which uh, PancakeSwap lives on, and Matic, uh, two of the things that you guys support, do you think that they're just kind of stopgap platforms until Ethereum 2.0 is ready or do they really have a bright future where they can stand on their own, regardless of what uh, Ethereum does? Yeah, so
2: that's a really good question. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm, I like Binance Smart Chain, right? Uh, and I like Polygon because they work right now, right? So and Just to um, interrupt you real quick, for our listeners, sure.
1: Matic and Polygon are the same thing. Uh, they just rebranded to Polygon recently, but the token is still called MATIC. Continue, yes. please.
2: Sure. So these two, I have to give them a lot of credit. I have to give Binance a lot of credit for creating their Binance Smart Chain because they came in clutch when ETH was suffering, right? <laughs> and, they did. They did. And they did. And I mean, like even Polkastarta adopted BSC very quickly because people- literally had like a $200 or uh, $250 allocation on PokerStarter to participate in a fundraise. And then they have to pay 400 or $600 in fees. I'm not joking. that's a, These are real examples, right? So that was not pleasant. And BSC solved that. And then today, um, we had our first uh, Polygon IDEO, which was amazing because people were... Uh, the, the cost for for actually participating on on the polygon pools were under one cent one cent to participate in an ideal just to get an idea or like a reference point to do it on on ethereum right now on june 15th uh, it would still cost you you know like 20 30 50 bucks something like that right and that is with ethereum fees at a low that hasn't been seen in Uh, Well over a year, I would say, right? So um, these things, Binance Smart Chain and Polygon and a couple of other solutions that are currently out, we have to give them credit for what they are, right? So they are here right now. They make crypto actually usable, which I have to give them credit for. So Mm -hmm. then going forward, Binance Smart Chain and Polygon as well, they are not the most decentralized Versions of what they could be, right? So I think for, for the type of people that get involved right now, they will create a network effect, right? Because once you are in this like Binance Smart Chain um, uh, in ecosystem, particularly with Binance, right? Um, or maybe in the future with Solana, you know, when they keep pushing, which I think they do. Um, and also Polygon, right? Polygon has so many, so many projects jumping on right now, and they're really pushing as well so i think that if they if they evolve right if they become more decentralized if they become more than an ethereum compatible um, blockchain then yes they have a chance right because they have such a big user base particularly with binance because you know they are a big exchange the biggest arguably but we'll see right i think when ethereum 2 finally comes we'll first of all see that Maybe it is not as fast as people would like it to be, right? Um, because a lot of the, a lot of the follow-up solutions, you know, things like other what is called layer two solutions, right? Which are, which are like solutions that build up upon Ethereum to make it faster and faster. But on imagine you have like one highway, right? So that's Ethereum, and then you have all of those layer twos. So instead of having like one lane in the middle you have this one lane in the middle and then a bunch of other lanes going uh, going sideways, right? Next to it in parallel. And these, you know, these you can imagine them as like, uh, yeah, that's like, you know, lanes on a bigger highway with Ethereum being in the middle, uh, holding everything together. Um, but these also will take a, lot of, a long time, right? Because for example, they are not all compatible. So if you are like on one lane, it's not like on a highway where you can just like, you know, switch a couple lanes and go to the other these lanes currently, most of them cannot actually talk to each other. So if you are like this you know, highway on the right and you wanna go there, then currently you will have to go back to Ethereum and then back to this one, right? So it's, it will take some time, not only for the technology but also for the entire user experience, like things like MetaMask, et cetera, to update their, uh, their user interface to actually make these things as useful as we want them to be. And yeah. all of this, yeah.
0: It seems like there's and I love that analogy that you have about the highways. And I want to take it one step further and then round it out. uh, because in a sense, it's almost like if you know, in the early days of like the the internet, right? You know, if 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 you had like a bunch of different apps and like, oh, Gmail users could only send, you know, uh, email to Gmail users, and you know, Yahoo! mail users can only send mail to Yahoo users, and you know, you're all in your little ecosystems. Um, and what's happening with layer twos um, is being able to like, connect all those, but also what's happening uh, is some interesting stuff with Kusama and with Polkadot. Right. And they're, they're networks that are like connecting all the different networks. And it's just like, Whoa. Yeah. So it's um, it, it's almost like they're, they're, they're building these, you know, side streets or these, you know, highways to connect all the disconnected, uh, networks, and, and I hope this isn't confusing anybody. But but I, you know, why Rob? Why don't you give us a, a little high level here on on what's going on with uh, these blockchain of blockchains or these internet of blockchains, whatever they're calling themselves.
2: Sure. Uh, so yeah, what you've just described is the is yes the Polkadot ecosystem, which is essentially like Samah is very 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 similar. But maybe we can get into that. Um, so Polkadot is the is exactly what I've just described, uh, just in an in an even purer form, right? So, Polkadot is this main highway in the in the absolute center. So, things like in this on this highway, you had all the all the like uh, police cars that make sure that um, that all all the cars uh, on all the side lanes, right, are Actually, doing what they are supposed to do, right? So they they make sure that uh, they don't overtake or they don't overspend. Let's say, you know, if we're using the correct words, so they make sure that everything is in order. So that is that is like the Polkadot basic center, right? And then what happens is that not only not only does this middle lane so Polkadot control um everything, right, and uh, provide things like security and Uh, what is called a consensus mechanism, right? So to make sure that uh, everybody agrees on everything, right? So this all happens on Polkadot. But what then becomes really interesting, and that is something that you've just mentioned, is that they have a system called uh, parachains, right? So they are building, or they have built a way for blockchains to uh, essentially connect to Polkadot, right? And then what happens is as soon as they as they have connected to Polkadot, they, are, they speak one and the same language, right? So instead of, let's say you have like a 50, 50 different blockchains, these blockchains would usually have to start talking or learn how to start talking to every single one of them, right? And they all have a different, a different way of communicating. So what Polkadot does is instead of teaching everybody how to communicate with each other, Polkadot says listen you guys you learn how to communicate with me and that's it right and then polkadot is in the center and you say something it goes through polkadot and then it can go to any other parachain that is connected to polkadot right and what that will make possible is that then you can do things like so if you have ever for example tried to send funds from ethereum to binance smart chain then it's, there are some decentralized versions of how to do it, but they are kind of a pain to use. And then there's an official Binance bridge, which is also kind of a pain to use. It's very slow and it's very centralized. So uh, what actually happens there is that you send funds to Binance and then Binance locks them up and sends you funds on another chain. So it is in no way, shape or form two, uh, two chains communicating with each other. And instead, there are External actors that facilitate that, right? They're centralized uh, facilitators, middlemen, very being very Binance. centralized. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Which you know, like I'm, I, I, I don't, I don't hate on Binance. I think they're doing a tremendous job getting all of those, uh, all of these like new people involved and in make in providing a blockchain that can actually work for them fee wise, right? Versus Ethereum, which is a bit tough still. Um, but nevertheless you have to trust binance so if you're like new to this space or you're dealing with the amount of money that you don't trust a single entity with binance or not then decentralization is what you want right and now in the future these type of communications where let's say ethereum can talk uh, through polkadot through like to another chain and say okay i have locked up this amount of ethereum in a smart contract on Ethereum. And now you can send this message through Polkadot to another chain and say, okay, now that I'm sure that I have this Ethereum from user A, you can send, uh, let's say, Matic on Polygon also to user A because they can now communicate directly with each other, uh, which is going to be so very efficient and so secure.
0: I love it. And it's funny because uh polka starter when i first heard of you guys i was like oh polka starter it's only polka dot and then as i kind of did some more research i was like oh this you know this is far bigger uh it's you know many many chains and so i want to let everybody know that don't uh don't be fooled by the misnomer as i was
2: yeah (laughs) we we're actually working on that right so we get this a lot in fact we we are told that about half of the people think that we are a polka dot ecosystem exclusive project. Yeah, truly. Which, yeah, which makes sense. it's <laughs> so time to rebrand, Robin. <laughs> um, yes, so we're on it, right? So, which,
1: which was really funny, also because you guys were one of the most hyped things to come out oh, that was connected to polka Starter. Yeah or it was connected to Polkadot. When you guys first came, it was like, oh my God, I got to get involved in this huge token sale for the Pulse <laughs> token. This thing's going to be like the, the next biggest Kickstarter. Yeah. But you guys aren't about the hype. You're actually delivering good value. Yeah. So I think that's hilarious.
2: And so we're working on a rebrand. Uh, so Love I'm it. just putting that out there. Uh, so we've been working on that for a while. Um, we're still looking at some some really, really cool names because when we're we going to do it, it's not going to be, you know, like... Uh, you know, like a name that we have right now, right? We truly believe that um, that the decentralization of fundraising is here to stay, right? And that it's going to be more and more uh, public as we go. So instead of doing, you know, things like behind closed doors with venture capitalists, et cetera, we do believe that over time, the public should have more and more of a cut in those projects, right? And as part of this, we we really believe that this is the future and that we, have to put our money where our mouth is, right? So we're like really shopping for big names to, yeah, to be taken also a lot more seriously, right? To to really push this forward uh, together with everybody that participates in our ideals.
0: Absolutely. It's a big task, it's a big undertaking, but I can't think of anybody better for the job. I mean, this truly was uh, one of the, the favorite interviews of mine. I mean, I, I definitely learned a ton um, and Robin, I mean, you've just got such a great mind for the markets, um, and for analysis. And so we, we really thank you for coming on to the show. Um, if people want to, you know, stay in touch, find out more, where's the best place to kind of keep tabs on you? Was it Twitter, Discord, Polkestarter? Where, where, where do we find you?
2: Sure. So, uh, you can find Polkestarter on polkestarter.com first of all. And, um, yeah, you can go to Telegram where we have our arguably biggest community, um, mm-hmm. And uh, on Twitter as well, we are always at Polkarstarter. Don't Google us or something. There's always, you know, some people that will try to uh, try to scam you because everybody's like pretending to be us or a variety of other launchpads. So be very careful with that. If you're on Telegram, go to at Polkastarter. If you're on Twitter, go to at Polkastarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there, that's where you will find me as well, right? So you can always find me in at Polkastarter on Telegram. Um, I'm always there. My handle is, uh, I think it's at I think. Uh, so if you This is how impersonators saying...
0: get their footing is because even the people don't know their real <laughs> handles. Yeah. The same that's thing happened much. to me. People were asking, like there's was uh, impersonators going around on Telegram and stuff. I'm like- Honestly, I don't even know what my Telegram handle is. Like, I'm I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> See, this is why I still go by Pizza Mine even on this show. So I don't have this problem. It's just one thing for the past twenty years. I don't have to remember anything across a hundred. Oh, that's good. That's
2: good. Yeah. So that that is an issue, right? So yeah, if I if I can give like one more advice to your listeners, then be very careful. Uh, just note that like no launch pad in in there in this industry will allow you to just send some funds without anything right that's just not how it works so you need to be whitelisted uh, by a project so there is a process that you need to go through but whenever there is a new ido that announces that they have uh, let's say that they have an ido coming up on starter it takes minutes before there are some fake websites with a counter that always seems to be just about running out right to, to induce you with FOMO etc don't do it. Don't send funds to anything. Always check that you're on polkastarter.com and only on polkastarter.com. There's no polkastarter.xyz or anything of that sort, right? So be sure to, to be safe with your money because once you send it, it's gone.
0: Perfect way to close out the show. Uh, Robin, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, all you listeners, we'll talk to you guys soon.